0: Hey, pole dancer. Welcome to the evidence-based pole podcast. My name is Rosie Boa. I'm a pole dancer, pole teacher, and personal trainer. And I've started this podcast so that we can learn together, talk with the experts, read the research, and feel better on and off the pole. So if that sounds like something you're interested in doing, let's go. Hello, friends. I'm just popping in here at the beginning because both Rachel and I completely forgot to mention it. We were so excited to be talking about movement and exercise science. Um, But we're actually hosting a workshop together. So it's going to be, uh, if you're listening to this when it comes out, Tuesday, April 25th, 2023 uh, at 5 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern. That is 2 to 3.30 p.m. Pacific. Um, It is online. There's going to be a recording available if you can't make it live. And we are focusing on the spine, so finding easy, flowy movement that feels good. I'm really looking forward to teaching it, honestly, because I know, oh, it's going to feel so good. It's going to be so nice after, you know, sitting around (laughs) editing podcasts all day. That's not the only thing I do. So if you're interested, I'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, Tickets are on Eventbrite, and we would love to have you either live or in the recording. So with that out of the way, let's hop into the episode. Rachel, you're a personal trainer as well. Um, And I know that you actually have uh, more of an exercise science background than I do, because you actually have your undergrad is in that. Uh, So do you want to talk a little bit about what is exercise science as a field? Because I think for, you know, if you're very athletic and you know, you grew up super athletic, maybe it's something like, of course, exercise science is a field, Um, but certainly not something that I knew about until I was an adult. (laughs) Um, So what is it what sorts of things can we learn from it um and then we'll hop into some some specifics i think are super relevant to pole dancers and folks don't always get introduced to so take it away
1: no that's a great question and exercise science is a relatively new field in terms of the sciences you know i i did not know that my university offered it i i thought i was going to go in and study biology and hope that there was an anatomy and physiology course that i could take um, and so, yeah, my school was pretty small, just 2000 students. So the fact that we had an exercise science program, I was so excited about it. And it's not just the study of exercise, right? I think that's a, that's a big misconception. Um, right now, I think they even changed the degree name. So now it's kinesiology, but but it's all kind of within the same umbrella of just kind of studying of the human body and, and movement. Um, and so we did have, you know, sports specific classes or, and, you know, we did talk about like actual exercise, but we also talked about, you know, the biomechanics of walking and, and things that you wouldn't necessarily classify as exercise per se. Um, and Luckily, there's more and more research coming out. And I think the field is expanding um, outside of just sports, because I think a lot of the research and, and what we would do in school, too, of, you know, let's study, you know, let's stand on a force plate while we do a weighted back squat and, you know, you know things like that. Um, and let's look at soccer players and let's look at, you know, stuff like that. Um, which is all really important and really cool. And there's also a whole probably bigger population of people who are not in a specific sport or who are not in a sport that is studied. We did, I did not read any studies about pole dancing. I did not read any studies about the closest I came was, um, looking at ankles, brains, and gymnasts. Um, that was kind of, the closest I got to that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's a big, it's a big topic. You know, we, we dive into the, you know, the microbiology of the actual muscle fibers, um, but then we also kind of go big and, you know, there's nutritional aspects. There's, you know, psychological aspects as well. You know, there's just like of so much that goes into it. And as you can imagine, like humans are very complicated and <laughs> it's hard to study just one thing in a box. You kind of have to, you know, look at the, the whole picture. Um, yeah, I was very lucky to be able to, to study that. And I got to learn from physical therapists and athletic trainers and, um, professors and, you know, all that stuff. And, um, Honestly, I think that's a field that even if you are not planning on becoming a personal trainer or a physical therapist, even if you don't do a specific sport, everyone can benefit from learning about our bodies, you know, because there are bodies. And I feel like a lot of people, you know, probably know more about their computers or their cars than they do about about their own physiology, you know, and it, it can be. Really helpful so
0: yeah, yeah. And i think that you know especially after we we sort of age out of school the the spaces where we are encouraged to explore physicality and movement um just sort of peter away right it's something that you have to actively seek out as an adult to be able to make space and time to do and i think for a lot of people it can really feel like a chore which um yeah. i don't know i think that's one of the things that draws people to pole dance is that it is fun <laughs> it is yeah. enjoyable to do
1: yes oh. exactly because like yeah i i can tell you that some of the studies we did were not were not enjoyable as a as a test subject <laughs> if i could have you know been dancing instead of on a stationary bike that would have been much more enjoyable <laughs>
0: also like, oh, especially like those fan ones that i mean they're great they get your heart rate up but ooh, at what cost
1: <laughs> yes yes we even had we were doing um uh, VO two max test, which is kind of measuring your cardiovascular capacity. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And traditionally that's done on a treadmill, but for some reason, our professor was like, let's try different. You can do it on any sort of machine. And this one student, she chose, um, a hand bike. (gasps) So not even a rowing machine that gets your legs in there. She just chose a hand bike. And poor thing, she was so miserable that whole time of just like, go 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 go, um,
0: but yeah, dan- dance dancing would have been much much more fun. Yes, yes I think for for most folks, and um, something that is. You know, the science part in exercise science is um, more real than, say, the science part in computer science, which in general is not actually a scientific discipline. Um, and you mentioned, right, doing studies, seeing what works. Um, you know, I have a, a behavioral science and social science background, so it's something that I've done a lot professionally. Thank you. Um, And one of the things is that you may have a hypothesis about something that will work, perhaps something that is venerable and has been passed down to you through tradition, but when you examine it and when you look at it in a controlled situation, perhaps it does not actually work, right? So that's The benefit of this field for us as movers and you know me and and you as instructors is that we can have a better idea of like oh yeah so this thing that you know we used to think was so great and so good for you now that we have more information and now that we have more structured information and we've investigated it in a more controlled way we can be like actually maybe we shouldn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that was a bad idea. Um, yeah. So do you want to talk about some examples of things like that where maybe, you know, if the last time you had formal physical education was in grade school and perhaps that was quite a while ago, um, some things that you might've learned about that like, I wouldn't recommend anymore. Yeah, no, that's a great
1: question. And I see this all the time in my, my clients. And I think one of the biggest ones that would definitely apply um you know to dancers is this idea that you have to stretch before you do like stretching should be a part of your warm up but mm-hmm. that it's static stretching mm-hmm. and that static stretching is the only type of stretching and you know when you actually look at the science you can see that static stretching before doing some sort of strength work decreases the ability of your muscle to produce force and so you know, and I, we learned this in school and I I brought up the question, okay, what about gymnasts or dancers? We need flexibility. How does that apply to us? You know, I get that, that like, okay, that's pretty cut and dry. If you are a bodybuilder or, you know, you're, you're training in the gym, like, okay, don't static static stretch before you do your workout. Um, and you know, that's where dynamic stretching comes in. Mm -hmm. That's where active stretching comes in. You can still work your flexibility without just passively holding a stretch. And it makes sense intuitively as well that you're about to do movement. Mm -hmm. So why would you prepare for that movement by sitting still? You know, even if it is, you know, putting your body in a different position than just sitting, but, but that's the biggest thing is like, you know, static stretching is not gonna get your muscles warm. No. It's not gonna prepare you for the movement. And it can actually, you know, it said, they tell you to do it because it decreases your likelihood of injury, but, but it doesn't, it actually, you know, if you think about like a rubber band or something that you hold it stretched, and then you're like, okay, now be springy. <laughs> it's it's not going to do it, and you can you can really injure yourself. So, wow. so that's probably one of the biggest
0: um, kind of myths that's still out there. Around. Uh, there was yeah. a really wonderful uh, study in I want to say the Australian nat- National Ballet where they had a little like inclined piece of wood in all the studios for the dancers to put their foot on and then stretch out their you know the back of the leg, lower leg. Uh-huh. Um, and they found, you know, observational public health style, removing those blocks of wood so dancers couldn't do that dramatically reduced the amount of calf and ankle injuries because students weren't really, really stretching their feet and losing, you know, the elasticity. Um, and in particular, right. it reduces strength and power to be hanging right. out in that position. Two things that you need if you're going to be leaping about on your yeah, feet. Yeah, pretty, pretty foundational to ballet. <laughs> yes, yes, very foundational. Um, I mean, same with, with pole dance, right? If you're Going to be putting on your heels uh, do not hang out in some static foot stretches first um I, I also see this a lot with gymnasts actually which which surprises me because i think in gymnastics i don't know gymnastics feels like a field where there should be more application of exercise science <laughs> for those of who the, you who are just listening Rachel's
1: it is like and i can tell you what our warm-up was it was yeah two minutes hanging out in the splits Mm -hmm. of all directions and, you know, then getting up and be like, okay, now leap. And, and luckily our, our coach started getting away from that. And he did have us, you know, we had TheraBands and it became, okay, now we do, you know, leg raises and, and, you know, we had ankle weights and stuff like that and and that started to become our warmup, but it, it was definitely clear to me that this is the warmup that everyone does. Mm-hmm. This is the warmup that has just been passed down. Mm-hmm. And, and so
0: that's why we do it. Just no. do it. Cause we've always done it. Yeah. Very much the, you know, the tradition approach, which is often presented in opposition to the evidence-based approach, which I think, you know, you need a little bit from both, uh, I think, but certainly if there's really strong evidence that you shouldn't be doing something that people have done traditionally, I, Oh, my internet connection is unstable. Thanks. Um, I am a scientist by training. And if there is a lot of convergent evidence about something, um, I am likely to change my behavior because of it. Oh no, you've frozen. Well, I'm going to assume you can still hear me. Oh, okay. You've unfrozen. Fabulous. Uh, okay. And, and keep talking. So um, we talked about, you know, what exercise science is that? There's a lot of things that we've gained more information about, you know, recently. Um, that it's becoming a more and more active field. So we're learning more and more, and sort of adjusting our understanding as as professionals of what is and isn't a good idea to do in an exercise or a, a dance. In our case, pole dance, right? In a pole dance setting, um, even though there's not a whole lot of research on pole dancers, I think there's um, Joanne. Um, last name uh, i'll put it in the show notes remind me if i don't um there's i think pretty much one researcher whose focus is on pole dancers there's a couple of different people working on aerialists but there's just not a lot of work on it but that doesn't mean that like work on movement and exercise in general isn't applicable to pole dance so something that um uh folks may not realize <laughs> is that when we talk about fitness um a lot of times people conflate fitness and being physically thin. And I think that it's very important that, you know, as, as professionals, we inform you that your physical thinness has nothing to do with your level of fitness. Um, and that there are measurable aspects of fitness that as personal trainers, we, you know, evaluate, uh, and depending on your goals will, will help you reach. Right. So for me, um, I teach, you know, We're recording this on Thursday. I teach them every Thursday. I teach a conditioning class, which is focused on building strength. Uh, And then I teach a flexibility class, which is focused on building range of motion, not really flexibility. We don't do a whole lot of passive stuff in that class. and those are two aspects of fitness, right? Strength, can you move something heavy, your body being a something heavy uh, in the poll context? Uh, flexibility, can you can your body be moved to uh, a, a large range of motion? Or active flexibility or range of motion, can you move your body in a large range of motion? Um, but do you want to talk about some, some other aspects and um, and we don't need to get super deep into like how you target them specifically. I mean, if you've got questions, you, you can book either of us, right? We are personal trainers happy to talk about to you about specific goals. Um, but what else is there, right? You know, strength, I want to be strong, flexible, I want to be flexible. that's it, right i mean there's there's so much more we can we can measure for
1: sure and and you're completely right that it depends on on your goals of like what fitness is, right? Fitness is our ability to adapt to our environment. And so we are choosing what our environment is. So strength, flexibility, you have power, right? Which is kind of your ability to like spring, I suppose. Um, You have your endurance, right? Your ability to kind of have strength over long periods of time, your ability to sustain whatever it is is you're doing. You have cardiovascular fitness as well. We know it is as, as cardio. So, you know, how much oxygen can can your body um metabolize basically. That VO2 um, you mentioned? Yes, yes, VO2 max. And um what else? There's I mean those are kind of like the main things that are are measured, I think, but yeah. you can also talk about balance, I would say, um, is a big one. And, and I, I would kind of argue too, that proprioception and, and interoception are, mm-hmm. are signs of, of fitness, right? You're, especially for dance, it's so important to be able to know where your body is in space, especially pole dance relative to a pole, right? Yeah. You don't to be, you know, spinning into it and whacking your body against it, yes.
0: you know. Yeah. <laughs> um- and just and for folks who may not be familiar with those terms, um, proprioception and interoception are senses that you have, like sight or hearing, um, where interoception is your ability to identify and feel sensations from within your body, and proprioception is your ability to determine the position of your body in space, right? So if you close your eyes, you can still clap, and that's because of your proprioception. I probably should have clapped into the mic, but <laughs> you can try it if you like.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that um, th- those are really important um, aspects, especially as it relates to injury too. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was kind of studying ankle sprains and gymnasts, like I I mentioned before, um, it was kind of like why, why they were asking the question, why do gymnasts get repeat ankle sprains when we know that they are training their strength and they're training their flexibility all the time? Why are they continually getting injured? And it's because their proprioception, they didn't train their proprioception Mm -hmm. back up. way that they needed to. And so their ability to, when they were landing to tell where their ankle was, you know, that was, that was the main thing. It wasn't the strength of their ankle. It wasn't the flexibility. It was that they weren't able to tell as well after an injury where they were in space. So, so that's, you know, a really important thing to train
0: as well. Yeah. Um, and in the pole context, this is part of the reason why newer polers get more bruises, is because you just don't have as good of a sense of this is where the pole is in space, this is how much force I need to get my body to the pole and no more. Um, and this is something that you can learn, right? So you can learn the sense and then also the motor learning, right? The ability to move your body in the specific way you need to, to move it to be, you know, only enough energy to meet your goals, right? Um, And usually what's happening in pole is students are, um, you know, they're new to the apparatus, they don't have that that fine-grained proprioception, they don't really have a good understanding of the motor programs. So instead of going like, I'm going to take my leg to the pole, they're probably thinking, no one has researched this. This is based on my own, you know, understanding of motor learning. Um, they're probably thinking, "I'm going to move my leg until it hits the pole, right?" So you're giving it more force than it needs to. Um, yeah, <laughs> we are. Those of you who are listening, we're both doing stuff with your with our hands, showing um, sort of degrees of freedom. Um, but yeah, so and then as you become more and more. Uh, aware in pole, so like the, the dancers, the gymnasts rather, who are building their proprioception probably saw, you know, that's what helps them reduce the rate of re-injury in the ankles. Um, also, what helps you reduce the amount of pole kisses you get
1: yeah yeah and and um, all of these measures of fitness, like you mentioned, it's all stuff we can learn. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all stuff that we can train and that we we know enough, I would say, to be able to put together kind of a systematic okay step by step, this is how you're gonna get better endurance. this is how you're gonna get better proprioception, all of that stuff. So even if you're listening and you're like, I don't <laughs> have any of that <laughs> you know it's okay because you know we we know how to
0: to to get you more more fit in whatever area that that you want to be in yeah. yeah absolutely it's like um if any of you play role-playing games you can think of fitness as a stat block right and you have each of the stats can be increased separately right so you can build strength and flexibility at the same time that's kind of a myth that you can't it's what I what I tend to find is that people who have limited time choose one or the other. <laughs> and it's not that it is inherently more challenging to do them both at the same time. It just takes more time to do both at the same time. Um, but you can increase each of those. And, you know, something that I do, you know, with as having a personal training background as a poll teacher is, you know, each pole class, I'm like, okay, so we're building. Obviously, we're building the motor learning, the pole-specific skills, but I'm also sneaking in a fitness component, right? So there's um, all of my on-pole classes. There's a little bit of an endurance component that I always add in there, just so that you can stay on the pole longer, right? Um, I don't do a whole ton of cardio. Pole isn't the best for cardio. Certainly not the way that I teach it. But um, you know, you'll get a little bit. Any any bit helps. Um, and obviously, the strength and flexibility classes have their own fitness focus as well. Hmm. Yeah, Yeah, so speaking of, uh, you know, sort of traditional exercise science stuff, um, something else that I find can often be missing in the pole world, uh, and I think when this goes out, I will have also talked about this in the most recent episode. Um, is periodization? So this is a word that I had not heard, and I should say, you know, I'd been pole training, I'd also been weightlifting, right? Like I'd been working with a personal trainer, and honestly, got a little bit frustrated because uh, they were having a very difficult time understanding my sport-specific needs. Um, Which is part of the reason why I became a personal trainer, because I was like, I can do this better. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) Um, yes. Uh, But what what the heck is periodization? Why is it important? And how can you, you know, if you're just a pole dancer and you're taking classes, and it's not something that your coach is necessarily thinking about? Hopefully, it is. It's something I think about. But if it's not, how can you do it for yourself if it's this thing that's important that nobody talks about?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question, and I think like the the myth or, or whatever that is closest to this, I think, that is this idea that um you have to like confuse your muscles to to like get results or something, and and that's like close, I, I guess. Um, but but it's kind of this idea that yeah, if you do the exact same thing over and over and over again, you will get really good at doing just that exact thing. And if you don't add any more, you know, once your body has adapted to whatever that is, that's just where you're going to stay. You know, if you've always done 10 squats, every, I mean, maybe you get better endurance, I suppose, from doing it every day, but that's not going to translate to when you want to do, you know, 10 squats with 50 pounds on your back or Mm -hmm. something like that. So, so periodization is kind of taking your body's adaptations into account. And this idea that, you know, okay, it takes X amount of time to, to build strength. So we're going to have this, um, like workout or specific routine for, for X amount of time. And then once you've completed that, then we're going to change it. And you can do that based on what your goals are. So if someone is, you know, just wanting to work on strength, then a periodization might look like, Okay, we have this kind of base level for you know three, four weeks or something, and then and then we increase everything. And then sometimes a decrease is involved because mm-hmm. we need to allow our body to rest. And so you might have heard the term um deloading or sometimes detraining. Um and this idea that you're you're still giving your muscles input, you're still you're not taking a full rest, like you're not just being immobile for a week or two, but you're, you're backing off the challenge so that your body has the space to really repair itself and to, to make all the adaptations that you've been giving it. And then you kind of ramp back up again and, and you can do periodization based on, on different goals as well. Um, kind of combining things. So instead of just having the strength aspect, you can kind of have the strength and endurance at the same time, or the strength and the flexibility and and just kind of, you know, basically it helps you avoid those plateaus and and those frustrating moments of your like, I've been working so hard and and nothing, it's it's staying the same. And um yeah, depending on what your goal is, there there's a lot of research out there of like, you know, even specific like sets and reps and percent of of one rep max and, and all of that stuff. But, um, that's going to vary obviously depending on your goals and, and all of that.
0: Yeah. So thinking about this, you know, as poll students, um, something that If you want to do right, if you have a specific area that you're like, I really want to make more progress on this, you know, you can increase intensity. So when an instructor is like, hey, here are your options, you can pick the one that feels a little bit more challenging. Um, You can increase frequency so you can add in classes. a little bit hard to increase duration (laughs) in class, but uh, a big one there is move more slowly, right? So if you're like, I really want a beautiful invert, that's my main goal. I want it to feel so slow and effortless and beautiful and floaty. When you are inverting, go as slow as you possibly can um, and then come out of it nice and slow as well. So you're you're increasing the amount of time that your muscles are like, I'm working so hard. (laughs) Look at me go. And that's like, yeah. Time
1: under tension. That's exactly like, and yeah, like you said, you can do that by, by kind of mixing, having various levels of things of, yeah, of intensity, frequency, um, you know, and, and slowing things down is, is a big, I love doing that because I'm a big proponent of control, you Mm -hmm. know, it's like, and I would rather do five slow controlled reps too and just really focus and then just kind of be like (laughs) you know Uh,
0: Uh, and the other thing is if you're doing things too quickly you're actually robbing yourself of the strength component of it i mean if that's your goal right if your goal is to like really build agility and like i'm doing rushing exotic fast 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 and that's what i want ignore this Uh, but if that's not your goal and you're looking for like a slong a slong a slow, strong, slinky style. Um, if you go too fast, right, you get the sort of the rebound, particularly if you're doing something of the floor. Um, and, you know, it, it's not muscular, right? Basically, that's what I'm trying to go to. I don't want to get too into the mechanics, um, but you are, you are no longer getting as much juice out of your strength work as you, you can. You're, you're more into plyometric territory.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's like another reason I think it's so important for everyone to have kind of a base understanding because I think yeah, if you want to, you can choose to really take advantage of momentum if, mm-hmm. if that is what you want to do. But but we can run into issues when you have a goal over here but you're doing something that's over here and then you're wondering why are these not connecting? And it's like, you know, I, I kind of have that, um, mentality with, with form for Mm -hmm. certain things, like a squat specifically, you know, it's like, we've been taught of the exact way that you should squat and the angle of your torso and like, blah, blah, blah. And I think that's important to know, but if you want to do a squat a different way and it feels good in your body, that's fine. As long as you're choosing and you're aware of that Mm -hmm. and it's not, hurting you and stuff like that. But it's, it's kind of that, that choice aspect and that awareness that I think makes the biggest difference of like, is what I'm doing going to result in the
0: goals that I have in mind? You know, yeah. I think a great example for for squatting and pole dancers in particular is that a lot of times the form instruction will be to keep your heels flat on the floor. But if you're training to squat really beautifully in like 10 inch heels, that's not the most helpful movement pattern. You want to be working on building the calf stability. So you may actually want to do it like straight up in, in half point and demi point. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm not saying go out and like, you know throw 100 on the, the par barbell and, and do it on your calves up on tippy toe necessarily um, but i'm saying you know think about and that's what i'm thinking about when i'm dividing off pole exercises okay what is your body doing on the pole what are all the mechanics of this move and what can we replicate off the pole in a less challenging way or maybe in a more challenging way than it would be on the pole so that you have the capacity growing so that you can just do more stuff that's the point ah.
1: Yeah. And yeah. Increased capacity. That, Mm -hmm. that is like what I'm all about. That's why I'm so into mobility and stuff like that. It's like you, you know, if you're not a dancer or something, you, you may have no intention of ever wanting to do the splits or something, but if your hips have the capacity to do that, like it just unlocks everything because I don't know, maybe you slip on a banana and you accidentally (laughs) go into a split. You want to be able to like you know, not get injured from that. So that—that's kind of my biggest piece is like, let's expand our circle. Let's make our world bigger because then we can do whatever we want in it instead of you know coming up against these these kind of roadblocks and and being limited by what our body can do versus you know maybe what our
0: mind can get a handle of. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and also thinking about you know, healthy aging, which for me is a big component of, you know, certainly my fitness goals and also what I have in mind for for my students and folks I work with is I want you to feel great sixty years from now. Um, and if you're not, you know, continuously gently pushing against the outer bounds of your capacity, It's gonna shrink, right? And you may wake up one morning and find out you can't turn your head all the way to the side anymore. Um, If you're not doing that regular, you may find out that you've lost range of motion in your spine that you just sort of assumed that you still had, but didn't work into. So beyond just like, I wanna be the buffest pole dancer ever. um, This sort of like gently, you know, just pushing at the edges of the balloon um, really sets you up uh, better than not doing it for you know healthy lifelong movement exactly yeah absolutely and and um
1: i some um, sometimes people say oh, we have to like fight against our bodies because our bodies are you know i like to think of it our bodies are just you know, really trying to be efficient and mm-hmm. they're, they're really going to prune out the things that they think we don't need. And so if you, you know, you mentioned with the spine, if you, if you've stopped moving your spine, your body just thinks, Oh, we don't have to move it this way. So I'm just going to prune that out. We don't need that. Why would I waste energy keeping that motion around, you know? And so, so that's kind of your body's like, it just wants to make things more efficient. and. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, you do have to keep telling it and pushing up against and challenging and say, no, I don't want you to prune this out. I want you to keep this. Like, no, I need you to keep this. I need you to keep this. And and yeah, movement is the way that we can tell our bodies that. Like it's not enough to just be thinking like back bend, back bend, back bend. <laughs> like you have to actually, you know, do the neuromuscular work to 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 keep that motion
0: yeah it's also really good uh for your brain as well i feel like right now we're just like selling movement as a great thing but it is a great thing and guess what you you can do it for free you don't have to come work with either of us although you know rachel's great i think i'm pretty good you should if you're interested um it's good for you and it should be um it should be fun it should be not awful right so um I think one last myth that I would love to talk about because every time I hear it, it just makes me... (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It makes me so upset um, that not only that this is something that people are hearing, but it's something that they're internalizing and taking with them into their movement journey and their lives. And that is no pain, no gain. Uh,
1: (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. And it is so prevalent. It's like... It's it's built into even, even the 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 workout things that you can buy. That are like you don't need a thirty minute workout. You can do it in ten minutes. It's like, but the ten minutes only counts if you're dying, like you know. <laughs> yes. And then, yeah, and and this idea, like, yeah, in PE of like can't have water. Like, it, it, the, everything is suffering. You yes, know? it's and so punitive. It's like, yeah, and it's like no. It's like there's a difference between challenge and you know, punishment, I guess, I guess. And, and your body knows the difference. And, and I think that if you're someone who has been, you know, moving a lot, you get to know that difference, you know, the muscle, the good muscle burn, like it kind of, Mm -hmm. and that's uncomfortable, right? It's not like painless, I would say, um, but you know, the difference between that and just when you're like, I, I can't. I can't go anymore. And, and we're so it's that camp that, that everyone has decided we have to be in for things to be effective. Yeah. And it's, it's like, no, you're, if you, if your are stretching is hurting you, like, like, if you think about it, what is your body going to do? If you're in pain, it's going to recoil. It doesn't want you to be in pain. So it's, it's, it's telling you don't stop doing this thing. And then it's going to make it harder for you to do that thing. If you constantly are, you know, stretching like your splits or something, and it's always painful, always painful, always painful, you know, that's going to continue to be the case because you know, your muscles tighten up and and your body doesn't want you to to do that, you know, And, and you can absolutely effectively challenge your body. You can get more flexible. You can get stronger, and have it be enjoyable, mm-hmm. and not have it be painful. Yeah, you know, and it's, yeah, because because also it's like it's not just the physical aspect of pain. Why would we continue to do something that's painful? It's like okay, if you go to you know a CrossFit class or something, and you <laughs> and it just hurts. Don't get me started on CrossFit, but. Um, <laughs> it just hurts your brain is not going to be motivated to do that again yeah and so then you're not only fighting against your physical body you're fighting against your mental body and it becomes this struggle and i think that's why so many people would say that they hate exercise and they they don't like they just kind of
0: hate the way it's been pushed on them and framed yeah it's I like to something i think about is your your body is not your prison it is your home right and it's not yeah i love like the home is where the heart is
1: literally like it's just like yeah and you you're you're gonna take you want to take care of it and Mm -hmm. it's gonna take care of you and it's it's this symbiotic relationship and and yeah you don't have to fight against it and like you know, I can tell you the difference of like in gymnastics. I used to fight to get into the middle splits. I would just push, push, push. I would feel like my bones were breaking. Like it was, it was not good. Like it, and I knew it wasn't good. But that was just, I don't know. That's what we did. And so now, you know, middle splits is still a goal of mine, and I am so much closer now because I've been gentle and and I've, you know, instead of pushing, I'm like coaxing, you you know, and it's it's an understanding kind of the relationship between strength and flexibility Mm -hmm. and between the nervous system and flexibility and and all of that stuff. And not only that, it's like, if you ask me, do you want to work on middle splits? I'd be like, yeah. Instead of in gymnastics they'd be like, oh no, 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 no. Oh no. Middle no. splits time. Oh no. Like, you know, so it's it's
0: gentle you know, consistency is you know. always going to get you better results than high intensity. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. When they say consistency is key, that is They're not lying. Absolutely true. Yeah, they're not <laughs> lying. And consistency doesn't have to be a hundred percent perfect all the time, you know. Uh, in fact, like it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Exactly. Yeah. And and you've you've helped coach me through, you know, kind of overtraining and, and stuff like that, because that's still a piece that is still lingering of of like fitness culture and, and all that stuff of of just go, 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 go. Uh-huh. You know, and take a break. Like when you said to me, like, when was the last time you took a break? I was like, oh <laughs> you, when, like when I'm sick <laughs> And you're like No Oh, Not I when your that. body is forcing you to take a break. When did you take a break? And it's like, yeah, because it gets in your head of mm-hmm. like, you have to be doing this all the time. You have to, you have to, you have to.
0: Or that only some movement to. counts as exercise, right? This is something I run into a lot. So, like, pole dancers, you have, let's say, a very active job, and they're like, well, mm-hmm. I, I took a pole rest day. I was like, okay. But you still, you know, walked dogs for five miles, right? You still did a lot of movement. It all, it all comes from the same budget. It comes from the same bucket. So, you know, and also in that bucket is just general life stress. The more stressed you are, the less physical capacity you have. Period, right? So, you know, if you're sick, if you're sleeping poorly, if you've had a major family change, if you've moved house recently, um, you know, anything like that is just going to reduce your capacity for. For physical movement for exercise so um important to, to keep in mind
1: yeah yeah because it, it's this kind of you know this this line of of where is everything is is a stress to your body if you mm-hmm. if you kind of think think of it. like exercise is a stress is it distress is it putting your body into distress or is it you stress as as we, we've called it of is it leading your body towards adaptation and and you know and so it's i try not to be like good and bad like but but it's kind of like is this Helping. going to yeah yeah is this serving me in the way that i that i want it to and and um, that's also
0: a, uh for those people listening that is e-u-s-t-r-e-s-s not just the letter u if you wanted to look it up and learn more yes <laughs>
1: um but, but yeah. And, and what you said, it's all coming from the same bucket. Mm-hmm. So, so you have to, you can't just say, you know, Oh, well I didn't exercise today, but I you did know, help it's... a friend move. Right. Right. Yeah. And that all counts. And that's something I have really had to evaluate for myself mm-hmm. because especially working at, when I used to work at a gym, all the personal trainers, would, after their shift was over, they would do their own workout or they would do it in between clients or whatever. And I felt like I had to do that too. And I never had the energy to do that. Rarely did I have the energy to do that. And I would get so down on myself on the weekend, I would, but I would get so down on myself for not, you know, working out myself, I'd be like, oh, I'm not, I'm not exercising. I'm such a fraud because I'm helping other people and I'm not doing it myself. I absolutely was doing it myself. You know how many squats I every day <laughs> demonstrating how to do a squat or, you know, handing weights to people or setting up equipment or putting the dumbbells, away, all of that stuff. It's like, okay, yeah, it wasn't, I wasn't doing 10 deadlifts in a row. Like thinking that it was a deadlift, but what was my body doing when I was picking up these weights off the ground and and putting them away? So, so that's a big thing that that even you know, where, wherever you are on the 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 movement spectrum, like it it kind of can affect all of us. Of of yeah, really pay attention to what movement are you doing throughout the day mm-hmm. because it all counts. Yeah. Like if you have. You know i live in a town home that has three flights of stairs like that's <laughs> you know that that's a lot of moving going from the garage all the way up to the bedroom or something you know just so things uh, like that everything is exercise secretly <laughs> uh, yeah, breathing breathing. we're all doing it right now we're all yeah. moving your ribs
0: you're using your intercostal muscles you I mean, know, like, and what? your brain your brain uses uh, a ton of energy um, and on that note, so this has been a wonderful conversation. I could definitely keep going, but uh, also I want this episode to be less than an hour. Um, <laughs> so where can folks find you? Um, and, you know, you work as a personal trainer. So if people are working or interested in, you know, uh, building, you know, fitness along one of the axes that we talked about, uh, and I know you also do um, other things as well. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So you can find me at mindful movement and living, um, on Instagram, on TikTok. Um, you know, you can, the link in bio has all, all the things. Um, so, so yeah, I, I do a lot of kind of, I, I tend to work with a lot of dancers and ice skaters and, and things like that, but also, you know, I, I love working with people who, you know, have have no movement experience and and what we just talked about of that kind of everything is exercise like that's a big that's important to me um i grew up doing martial arts and gymnastics and currently i'm a pole dancer and a ballroom dancer um so that's i love kind of taking aspects of of all of those things and and weaving them in even if you have no intention of ever dancing you will definitely be doing some dance inspired things with me <laughs> um but but yeah and then and i have a mobility certification so mo- like we, we talked about before mobility is a is a huge piece and super important for longevity and and just you know feeling free in your life to do whatever it is that you want um and then i also kind of you know work with a lot of the mind body connection we do you know like mindfulness type stuff like breath work and and things like that too i just a very multi-hyphenate person and i love to just <laughs>
0: combine all of it together multifaceted we um, all we all are right it's, I, it's nice to to embrace it so yeah uh, yeah so look uh rachel up on tiktok on instagram i think you also just use your search engine of choice <laughs> and find more information um thank you so much for joining me today thank you everyone uh for listening i hope you found this educational um and it's maybe changed your perspective on exercise a little bit. And I will see you next time. Thanks so much for joining me today, pole dancer. This podcast is a production of Slink Through Strength, the inclusive evidence-based online pole studio. So if you're looking for a place to train, either off pole conditioning and flexibility, or learning pole tricks and refining your pole movement, uh, you can find us online at slinkthroughstrength.com.